welcome to Fresh Pressed for March 23rd, 2021. My name is Gabe. And my name is Andrew. This is a show about music where we talk about new tunes and, 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 yeah, I just have nothing. You don't have a good adjective to replace, like, for dandelions? No. I mean, yellow. But that doesn't, that sucks. That sounds like we're just talking about Coldplay. Yellow, I think, works well this week, actually, as it happens, Andrew. Our theme is dandelions. It's the first week of spring. Are dandelions a spring thing? I was like, yes. I was like, dandelions are a spring thing, but dandelions are kind of a summer thing. You know, I also felt like that, but then I, uh, in in one of the articles that I read about my uh, the album that my song is from, they mentioned spring exploding in yellow flowers. So that's that sounds good to me. Andrew, what is your yellow groove for the week? I have a song. It is entitled Dandelion, and it is by Zoe Modica off her album from 2017, Yellow the Novel. Zoe Modica is a uh, South African singer and and incredible musician, as I'm sure you have already heard from the first clip. I'm so excited about this song. I was sort of sifting through dandelion-related songs and finding, you know, some stuff that was pretty good, some stuff that was okay, some stuff that was not so great, some stuff that I didn't care about. And then I listened to this song like eight times in a row, and then I sent it to you. What a delightful and surprising pick you've brought. Have we brought anything that is just scat? It's great. I don't know. It's so fun. It's so good. So basic info. Uh, Zoe Modica is a South African musician. She is from KwaZulu-Natal, which is in the on the eastern coast of South Africa. She uh, was on The Voice South Africa, and I think she made it to like the top eight. Can't imagine how she did not win with this fucking voice, but you know how shows, how television is. She has two albums. This one is from 2017. And she just released another album last June. But this is part of this huge debut album that she put out in 2017 called Yellow the Novel. It's nearly two hours long. Whoa. She says that she sees the, the album as like a book, hence the title. Um, this is what she says. She says, you have to sit down and read it. You don't read a book in traffic unless you've got major skills. Not that you can't listen to it in traffic, but it's like that introverted moment with yourself. The whole thing is centered around self-realization, and it's those kinds of songs. Now, Andrew, have you listened to the full two-hour record? I haven't, because I found the song last night. Wow, it's been more than two hours since last night. Were you sitting in traffic the whole time, huh? Yep, hmm? sitting in traffic the whole time. Listen to all the various other new music that I had to listen to. But I, I do intend to listen to this album once I am up to date on on the new music which i'm still not as usual but i will be before new music comes out next friday i assume the whole thing isn't scat like she's doing lyrics as well for other songs yes yes other songs are lyrics it's mostly uh there's i think there's a couple arrangements on there but it's mostly her compositions this song dandelion is is the third to last track it's really the second to last track the last track is like 10 seconds long 
I don't know. I feel like, again, I haven't listened to the whole album, but this feels like you've run out of words, but you still have the feeling. And I don't know if that applies to the whole album because, again, I have not listened to the whole thing. I've listened to, like, the first six tracks or something. But this is just, like, I, I just, oh, God, it's so hard for me to talk about this because it's such a good fucking track. I don't know where to start. I would love your guidance on this in this trying time. I think maybe it would be interesting to talk a little bit about this style of music, which again, we haven't really brought like the idea of what a scat vocalist is doing Mm -hmm. and her skill there. Right. It's because I think to maybe the average listener or to somebody who's not familiar with this form of jazz, it can feel like maybe there's random syllables happening, which is somewhat true, but it's very intentioned. And there's enormous amount of skill that goes into yeah. singing in this way. And I, I mean, that's obvious when you listen to it, right? Like you don't listen to anything. Oh, she's just singing a bunch of random word notes. No, it's like improvisational. And I think what's really cool is how vocal jazz is a specific theme and idea inside jazz and there are of course many famous practitioners Ella Fitzgerald, Billie Holiday who have a a particular style that she's does emulate in some ways of course and then there are other like practices inside jazz like there is a specific way that you play the piano or that you play a trumpet for instance as a jazz musician and what scat does is it emulates a lot of these other instrumental styles with the voice which i think is a really cool like blending of like themes inside the music and typically i think that the voice is like imitating a horn instrument what zoe modiha shows on this song is just how gorgeous and flexible the voice is as an instrument and she can do that without you getting distracted by like lyrics or words. And it really highlights like this incredible instrument that everybody has in their body and then how she is better at <laughs> using that instrument than you yeah. are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she really does move through a lot of different sort of approaches. So you're she's not just sort of like mimicking one sound. You know, she has um stuff where it's very belty, where it's very chest driven. Um, and then she just seamlessly snaps into a beautiful, like, head voice tone. You know what I'm talking about. She walks up and then she jumps up and down really high, uh, pitch-wise, yeah. and then does, like, a little fill thing up and, like, flowing over. In just those little, that, that like, five-second section, she sh- showcases so many different uh, timbres of her voice. It's incredible. Like, with great virtuosic instrumentalists too you can be amazed by both their just pure technical skill and also then total command of the style and the genre and the ideas in the music which i think is what really separates like top tier musicians from a child prodigy for instance 
I want to talk about the way that she approaches this, not just from a performance angle, like her, her vocal styles, just in terms of the improvisation, just like harmonically. Because I think one of the things that, at least for me, a, a very amateur jazz enthusiast, one of the things that really sets apart an excellent jazz solo from like a, a nice jazz solo or a excellent like solo in another genre especially like this kind of like fusiony kind of sound is is that the soloist is never really satisfied with one thing you know this is this song is is structured she were there's a there's a returning theme that she comes back to but between that and especially in this long middle section it's just all improvisation and she's never like finding one thing that sounds nice and just being happy with that and repeating it She's always advancing and advancing and advancing and finding a new place to be vocally and harmonically. And that's what is always so amazing to me. She steps into this sort of like unknown space of the melody over the chords. And then she finds this line that is that feels like intuitive, but also completely innovative. And it's wonderful. And then by the time you've realized like, oh shit, that was so good. Now, like, I I hear where her brain is going. She's already stepped again into that unknown space once more. And it keeps cycling and cycling. And what really brings it home is at the end of that section, that cycle happens one last time in where you are realizing where she is and how it it all locks together um, while she has already stepped back into that, like, theme part. I just think it's incredible. Just listen to this whole song. It is absolutely breathtaking. Gabe, what's that growing up through a, a crack in the sidewalk? It's it's a song that you've brought. Called Dandelion Seed by Jens Lechman off his 2017 record, Life Will See You Now. Lisa, I came to think of us before As I walked through our old town Preparing for a storm About water and candles Should we address up front how absurd it is that dandelions are considered a weed? I'm so against this. Dandelions aren't a weed. They're a flower. And they're, like, you can eat them. Did you know that um, there's, a like, an old English name for dandelions that's a pissabed because, it, because it's diuretic? Uh, what? <laughs> Jens Lechman is a Swedish singer-songwriter from Gothenburg. Now, this is where Andrew corrects my pronunciation of it. No, we've done this already on this podcast, and I was wrong. This is right. This is the third Swedish musician I've brought from this same city, I think, over like the 70 or whatever episodes we've done. Yeah, you should really branch out. But I guess I have an affinity for the Swedes. I'm coming to Sweden. This album, Life Will See You Now is his fourth full-length. Um, he's been putting out music since, like, the early 2000s, um, mostly under the Jens Lechman name, although he's also worked under uh, some uh, other monikers as well. 
And this is more of a return to some of his earlier styles. I guess maybe a little bit less down in the dumps. I wouldn't say the song is like <laughs> outright happy, even though it's got a very like positive vibe to it. But his last record from like 2012 or something before this was just about like a really brutal breakup he had and was, uh, it's titled I Know What Love Isn't. And I remember when that album came out and it's- Oof. Yeah, wow. And then he was sort of dabbling through the mid 2010s with this Postcards project, um, which I thought was really cool. Basically, he wrote, recorded, and released a song every week of the year of 2015. And now Andrew is a writer of music and can really appreciate how intense that would be. Uh, And one of those tracks did end up on this album, I think, Postcard Number 17 totally anxiety ridden about like having to do this project that he set himself but this song is the last track on the album and Mm -hmm. is titled dandelion seed i think it is a lovely like bright bittersweet album ender as opposed to some of the outright mournful stuff that we've had on this podcast in the past andrew the first thing that jumps is the rhythm like underpinning the whole song is very Latin. I don't know which particular genre it is. I'm always so bad at identifying which Latin dance genre this is, even though it's not done with like traditional Latin percussion, is clearly drawn from like that area of the world. And so it gives the whole song sort of like a slightly dancey feel, even as he's talking about like, preparing for the worst. So Jens Lechman will often like address his music to somebody. Um, mm-hmm. He's worked with other collaborators in the past. In this case, he's talking to Lisa, who is yeah. basically his best friend. Um, Lisa Kudrow. And, and describing like this sense of, I don't know, like intense melancholy about not being able to like live in the moment is what it seems like. Wanting to be able to like release his tension and his like constant thinking of the worst to come right he's describing like prepping for like a literal storm using that as a metaphor for his whole life and how he wishes like he could just let go andrew what i like most about the song though is like the little moments so the two things that really jumped to me are so at the end of the song He's talking about the wind being like a string section and then adding the strings, which is like mm-hmm. a little bit cliche, but the way that the strings come in is so pretty, it feels natural. Yeah, I like I like when people do that well. Yeah, right. Like it doesn't feel like so over the top, like, oh, here's some strings now. But rather it feels like this is this was the perfect time to bring strings into the song anyway. And then the other thing, which maybe this is like just a very American perspective on the song, but he sings the song with, you know, excellent English, uh, Americanized English, 
And then he drops like three Swedish place words into the song. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh. And it just sounds so good. It's like, oh, wow, what a cool language to just like yeah. jump into the song. But I, I imagine like it, that's like nothing if you're Swedish. But to me, it was like, oh, this is so fancy and spicy. Yeah, no, it really does pop out. Um, like if I didn't know his name was Jens Lekman, I would be like, are you like being one of those people who says taco? One of those like white people who says taco, I mean. Make a beeline past Tomshirkan. Dripping down Vestrahamkotan. Down to the harbor. I generally prefer records that end on a slightly upbeat note or like yeah. maybe somewhat hopeful and positive. I think hopeful is maybe the word that I would give this song. Like, Especially yeah. after uh, not like the most happy of lyrics and he's not known as the most happy of lyricists, but to end the song with sort of like these pretty tunes and like enjoying basically the old sights of his Swedish town, it, I think is a really nice grounding and, and present way to end a record. Andrew, you found an awesome new tune. Holy shit, this was great. What? Yep. Where did this come from? Who is Landlady? Well, let me tell you, Gabe. Uh, this is the band Landlady, um, and this oh. is the last track from their self-titled album. The song is called Bulldozer. Out of body and light, wrong and you're right, sided raining down. Out of body and light, wrong and Uh, Landlady is uh, primarily the project of Adam Schatz, uh, although there's also other members of the band playing on this album, uh, Will Graff, Ryan Dugree, and Ian Chang, but um, vocalist, songwriter, keyboardist, saxophonist, vibraphonist, Adam Schatz is sort of the main driving force. And this is their fourth album, which is an interesting <laughs> time to release your self-titled uh, but that's just, you know, how things go sometimes. That's not like a terribly uncommon thing to do, but it always seems weird and always seems like the band is trying to reestablish themselves somehow. Yeah. I don't think that's really true here, but it's just it's just what they that's just what they named the album. I don't know what to tell yeah. you. He has Adam Schatz has described the landlady sound as adventure pop, which Okay, I don't know that I totally understand that, but um, here's an interesting thing that he says about this from this year. He said that in 2014. Now he's saying it's almost uh, choose your own adventure, uh, not in terms of what songs that you listen to, but sort of what your ears focus on. That is like within the song itself. And after I read that quote, I listened to this song again and really paid attention to all the different layers that you can listen to. Yeah, I think that's accurate. There's so much going on in this song. So I understand the adventure perspective, although this feels like 
jazz to me, not pop. Um, I don't know. I I think it is it. Well, I don't. Who knows? Genres a construct. I mean, obviously, it's a construct. <laughs> it's sort of the whole point of it. Uh, this song's really cool. It is the last track of the album, and I think this was a good choice. It's really fucking good. So fuck you, Gabe. Yeah, I'm excited for you to bring a last track on the album and be like, you know, I don't actually like this song the most off the album. I should have picked another <laughs> song, but... I think it is also, uh, again, I think I said this last week about the last track that I brought. It is sort of representative of the rest of the album. It sort of encapsulates all of the stuff. This is the almost the longest track on the album. There's a couple tracks that are within 10 seconds of this one but it is certainly on the long side of the tracks of this album and goes a lot of different places and i feel like that is a good way to end your album with something that is like in conclude in in summary here's all this stuff that you just to sort of uh remind you one of the things about this album as a whole, and I was not familiar with Landlady until listening to this album this weekend, so I, I don't know if this is true of, of his songwriting in general, but I imagine it probably is. I find his like lyric writing in particular to be clever, like a little too clever, but in in a way that is like not taking itself too seriously. Like there's a lot of just sort of sort of rhymes and and consonants and assonance and stuff. But it's not trying to be like, oh, so smart and deep and intellectual. It's it's like fun the whole time, even when it's not necessarily fun topically. Do you think that the, like the lyric writing is a bit tongue in cheek at times? Yes, tongue in cheek is the exact thing that I was looking for. Tongue in cheek, self aware, all words that I was not capable of coming up with myself, and I'm so glad that you are here to supply them. That is exactly what I mean. Gabe, the notable, notably the wordsmith on this podcast is me. So I'm here to. <laughs> some days, you know, some days I just don't. I just don't have it. There's so many sections to this song, and that I think is what one of the things that made me decide I had to pick it is that it just kept surprising me when I was listening to. It it just like there's 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 a new thing and then there's a new thing and there's a new thing and it's like one of those songs where you keep checking and be like I'm listening to the same song right we haven't like moved on to a new we haven't just transitioned straight into the next track the song does well actually i think to to change like that there's like a really great slow section that happens not slow but like low key section where a lot of the instrumentation drops out about 2 thirds of the way through mhm and it feels like a perfect break from the energy. Five minutes of that level of energy can be a lot. Not that it's not great, but I, I just it feels so effective to drop out and then come back. The way yeah, goes. I think it's, it's it's paced really well in that way. That there are sort of there are moments where you are rising, and then there's a sort of soft plateau, and then you go up again, and then like it's sort of like, I mean, like it's paced well, like, like a roller coaster is right. Like it's exciting, but if you're just going a hundred miles an hour downhill the whole time, then that's just, it, that just kind of sucks.
last thing I want to mention is that he did write a Adam Schatz did write a uh, opinion piece in the New York Times uh, a couple weeks ago talking about sort of being a musician through uh, the last year and uh, things that he uh, found to sort of keep himself busy and, and keep himself fresh. Chiefly, uh, he says it was a real come to Randy moment in that uh, he spent a lot of time learning to play a really hard Randy Newman song. And that was uh, cool for him. So I recommend reading that. Maybe we'll put that... <laughs> Uh, sort of Randy <laughs> Newman focused. Randy moment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll we'll put that in the episode description so you can you can read about that for yourself. Anyway, this is a great album. You should check it out. Also, if you uh, buy it on Bandcamp, five dollars from every digital sale goes to the Ochre Project, which is a really good organization. So, yeah, that we featured before in the show. Yes. Don't know how to behave when you're not around. Gabe, yet again, you have uh, selected a song that was high on my list. Yes, Andrew, I think I've picked, somewhat paradoxically, a very weird song, but a delightful album, and I think this is a great song. This is Nothing is Strange by Chad Van Galen, off his new record, World's Most Stressed Out Gardener. Something that I appreciate about this is that in the album notes on Bandcamp, uh, it says 2020 was a terrible year for gardening. It was terrible for peppers. It was terrible for tomatoes. It was terrible for the condition of the soul, um, which are three things that I really struggled with last summer, sort of my soul and also my pepper and tomato plants that just, and I felt like I really fucked up. So to, to hear him say this, um, that, that also makes me feel a little better. Chad Van Galen, as indicated by the album title, um, was a pretty stressed out gardener. And he's sort of a weird gardener in that, um, well, let me just read from, again, the Bandcamp notes. He likes to eat directly off the plant, he says. I get down on my knees and graze. It's nice to feel the vegetables in your face. <laughs> Which, yeah. <laughs> I, like... That is the funniest shit. It's so good. And I believe him. I believe him that it's amazing. But just like this image of this man in his backyard in Calgary, Canada, where he is from, eating tomatoes directly off the vine is glorious. And it also very much checks out with the whole style of this album which is just weird and full of really interesting blends of influences and ideas. Like there's Neutral Milk Hotel here and Kraut Rock and like Sid Barrett. And this song, Andrew, has like a weird like animal collective thing going on in the background the whole time. And you're like, oh, this is like, it like keeps you sort of off balance the whole time. 
Um, just like I imagine it's hard to keep your balance while you're grazing off the vegetables in your garden. So Chad Van Gallen, again, from Calgary, uh, I guess fairly well appreciated by the Canadian musical community. He's collaborated with various other Canadian artists and been nominated for the Polaris and Juno prizes, which are Canadian adjacent. Um, that we mention every episode. Every episode that there's a Canada thing. Anyway, he's collaborated with a ton of people. He has like this whole home studio that he's built filled with eclectic instruments like auto harps. And one of the songs on this album features his basement pipes. And Andrew, I'm sure you looked a little into this. Um, Are you aware what Chad Van Galen's home studio is named? No. He has named it Yoko Eno, which more or less encompasses... Yeah, uh, (laughs) that's pretty good. That's pretty accurate, I think. Yeah, the whole thing. I liked this song because it feels like a weird lilting ballad. And again, it has like these elements that make you feel sort of off balance through it. But then the words and the name of the song, Nothing is Strange, like almost is like challenging your own ideas of what this song is. Like when I hear the song, I think this is strange. But then he's singing Nothing is Strange, so it really leaves you in a a double think sort of like, where am I, what am I, how am I supposed to do the thing where I analyze the song? My initial thought, though, and this may be totally off base, but this is where, where I went with like sort of the art here, I guess, is it feels like a response, not like a refutation, but a response to Nutrimoke Hotel, hmm. um, which definitely an influence from In the Aeroplane Over the Sea. How strange is it to be anything at all? Which is an amazing, beautiful, beautifully sung line from that album. And certainly one that resonated with me, particularly as like a 17-year-old, but still does. And it feels like, to some extent, especially because the song starts with the lyrics, turn up the radio, I think we're dead, that it's like amusing on like, nothing can be weird because the weirdest thing is that we exist, that there is anything. This is my own interpretation. Is could mean nothing. This like Chad Van Gillen maybe is not thinking of that at all, right? But it doesn't matter because this is the whole point of art that it makes you think and makes you connect dots and um, lets you perceive the world in a different way. And you can do that while listening to really interesting like percussions and weird guitars and like this strange doubled vocal effect that's all wobbly beneath everything. And I think Chad Van Gillen is good in this album about not making the music feel like pretentious, which is always a risk you run if you're trying to reference Neutral Milk Hotel. Andrew, what were your impressions? You know, I mean, it just, I, it was another one of these tracks that I kept coming back to because it's so like weird and intricate, like you said. That vocal effect that you just mentioned was, was one of the weirdest things. 
about it, I think, is just it just seems so wild. And especially with the album art of this sort of noodle man face, noodle face man, mm-hmm. noodle man face. I don't know what that what that effect is called, but it has that sort of boing sound of like, you know, like a plastic pipe or something like the, a weird, like echoey, like, you know what I'm saying? That weird noise that he makes with his with the computer voice. Just it just kept drawing me in. There's a lot of good tracks on this album. And like you said, it's a lot of weird stuff. There's a song about a samurai sword that I was very into. It was just so wild. And I love that. That's all I have to say. Well, let me just leave you with one last little excerpt from his notes on the album. Or Shawn Michaels' notes about the album. In the end, it's like gardening. You have to live with your horrible decision-making. The weather's going to fuck you if it wants to. And you plant 100 heads of broccoli... Now you got to eat a hundred heads of broccoli or watch them go to seed. Andrew, what other music from this week would you love to let our listeners in on? I loved John Batiste's new album, We Are. Uh, really it is great. So fucking good. Yeah, a lot of stuff going on there. A lot of sort of genre messing around. It's just, it's a really cool album. You should, you should listen to it. It's excellent. A great album from New Pagans titled "The Seed, The Vessel, The Roots, and All." There's like indie punk. Really awesome to jam out to. Good for headbanging. There's an EP by Colin Miller called Hook um, that was quite cool, very sort of like dreamy indie in like a half-asleep kind of way. Uh, I wanted to highlight the William Doyle album, Great Spans of Muddy Time. Indie poppy folk thing. Melissa Carper put out an album called Daddy's Country Gold, um, which is like very like traditional country kind of stuff, but modern in its own way. Speaking of country-related, um, the Nashville Ambient Ensemble put out a record called Cerulean, which is a really interesting blend of, it's not quite real, like, like ambient, like Eno ambient, but um, like blend of ambient and like Nashville country vibes underneath the whole thing, which is cool. Maria DeHart put out an, uh, an EP called Quarantunes. There's all songs about, you know, the... You know, the whole thing. That is really, really good, actually. A lot of really good stuff. I absolutely adored a record by Alice Phoebe Lou titled Glow. If you're into, like, the stuff I brought last week, you should give that a listen. Uh, But that's also why I didn't bring it this week. (laughs) Um, And there's an EP by Dad Sports entitled I Am Just a Boy, Leave Me Alone tender punk kind of shit that we love it's it's quite good yes andrew and i both did listen to the lana del rey album chemtrails over the country club but no we will not recommend it to you it sucked and just last week we were you were talking about how lana del rey has become such a good songwriter i take it all back (laughs) there are two good songs on the album anyway you should give us a follow on twitter at fresh press pod And if you like the music that we featured on the podcast this week, those four songs, along with all of the other songs we featured this year, are on a playlist on Spotify. And we will leave that link in the show notes alongside the other things that Andrew has promised that I must leave in the show notes for this week. Mm -hmm. 
we will be back on March 30th with more tunes and more grooves. But until then, I'm Gabe. I'm Andrew. And you have been listening to Fresh Pressed.